more confidence early on, left Eventbrite back in 2016, then launched Join It in 2017. Again, a tool to help these folks, whether it's professional organizations or membership sites, manage those plans. They've got about 700 customers paying 26 bucks a month, 18 grand in monthly revenue, up from 6,000 a month just about a year ago. So good growth. They are bootstrapped. Team of, co-founding team of two with two contractors building this thing out. 3% monthly revenue churn right now, spending about a grand to get a new customer. So too long of a payback period. They're trying to figure out how to get that down and make those economics work more effectively, driving most of their growth right now through API partnerships with people like MailChimp and other co-marketing opportunities. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Mitch Kalaran. He's the founder and CEO at Join It, a platform that helps nonprofits and organizations manage their memberships. Previously, he was at Eventbrite for six years where he worked on the API and developer platform. Mitch, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right, man. So when did you make the decision? You said, okay, I got to go join, do this thing and quit Eventbrite. Yeah, that was in late 2016. Uh, after six awesome years at Eventbrite, great learning opportunities on the sales team, then the marketing team, and finally the product team, I kind of got the confidence to jump ship and start my own thing. That's great. Okay, so what is Joinit doing? What's your revenue model? How do you make money? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we're a SaaS platform, so we charge our customers a monthly fee to access the platform. And then we charge a transactional service fee as well when they make membership sales through Joinit. Interesting. And over the past 12 months, if you look at total revenue, what portion was pure SaaS versus your transactional model? Yeah, so we're a majority pure SaaS. I'd say it's probably around 70%. Okay, very good. That's great. There's a lot, you're seeing a lot of SaaS companies like this add a transactional element. So um, interesting to see that uh, with your business too. Um, yeah. On the SaaS side, on average, what are companies paying to get access to the tech? Uh, our most popular plan is $29 a month, but we, char- or we offer two discounts, one for nonprofits uh, and then another annual discount. And so it typically comes in around $22 per month to, to use it. Okay, that's great. And do you see like significant kind of like power laws in your customer cohorts? Do you have any big enterprise accounts doing thousands a month or? Uh, we have two big enterprise clients, um, but they're on unadvertised plans and just kind of custom deals where they needed more from the platform than what we offered uh, to our default customers. So we've set those up. Uh, one of my big goals for 2019 is to get more customers that look like that. Of course, of course. All right, so you said 2016 or, uh, or sorry, when was the actual start date of the company? Uh, so I left Eventbrite in Q4 of 2016, and then we were open for business at January 1st, uh, 2017. That's okay. So you got two years and a month under your belt. How many customers to date? Yeah, so we have 700 paying customers today. Oh, that's great. So walk me through kind of growth strategy. I mean, you ran growth at Eventbrite. So we, what did you learn from Eventbrite that you took in a joint? And how did you get your first 10, 15 customers? Yeah, um, I'll answer the second part first. I think for our first 100, and even extended a little bit today, it really was just being as scrappy as possible, uh, talking to everyone, doing 
um, live chat, any lead that came through our door, offering to get on the phone, hearing what they're facing, what they need solved. Um, really just scrapped our way to the the first hundred customers. But how'd they like fi- be specific there, Mitch? I mean, how do they find the website in the first place? Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, our first customers came through co-marketing. Uh, we built some integrations with Eventbrite and Mailchimp uh, and Stripe and a couple other platforms, and worked with them to do co-marketing blog posts, get listed in their directory, uh, things like that. And they they were our first uh, referral partners that sent over customers. So Mitch, let me go down the MailChimp path for a second. You call them up, you say, hey, I'm, I was with Eventbrite. I'm doing my own thing now. We're starting from scratch. Do an integration with me. Why, no offense, but like, why do they care about you? Yeah, absolutely. They, they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the quick answer. Uh, for companies the size of MailChimp and Eventbrite, um, they have an open developer platform where you can get an application key. You can start in- integrating their APIs and you get listed in their partner directory. Uh, They've built the program um, at MailChimp, and this is what I did at Eventbrite, where you build carrots for developers to integrate with your platform, and part of that is marketing. Um, so they have open programs that are available that we integrated into to get uh, small amounts of, of traffic and, and customers. So did you do, for anyone else looking to get their first 100 customers by integrating with someone else's app store, right? I mean, you're the perfect guy to ask this question. What what were some of the things that like MailChimp did to give you that carrot? And was it effective? I mean, did they drive you 10, 20, 30 customers in the first year? Uh, yeah, they, they did drive us some material customer volume in the first year. Um, and we have now about 12 of these integrations. And the tough part is it's really hard to predict how much value is going to come from integrating uh, another partner's API. Uh, I think every partner will boast about their marketing programs and what they're willing to do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for the big ones like MailChimp, they do very little for someone who's just coming to the platform, self-sign on, get an application key, building an integration. But their volume is so massive of their millions of small businesses that use them. We just need a, a few to stumble upon us in their app directory. Um, and then there's another approach where you can go to smaller partners that are more aligned or more um, your relative size and build deeper relationships with them. And so we have integrations with uh, software like Kindful, which does um, donor management. And they're another SaaS platform based in uh, Nashville. And we've done co-marketing with them that's more high touch. Uh, so they have a much smaller user base than something like MailChimp but you deploy different strategies to get similar traffic coming from either a huge platform like MailChimp or a smaller platform like Kindful or Eventbrite, even somewhere in the middle. Very cool. And did you do anything when you were integrating MailChimp's API, like you know, making sure the way you named your app or the headline or the description had certain words in it so you'd rank when people searched? Like, I mean, how did you analyze all that stuff? Yeah, uh, we definitely did. We looked at what was available in the... Uh, MailChimp directory and how we could position ourselves. Uh, we've even tried different um, naming where we could classify ourselves as like a CRM and that has a paid component, which isn't really what we would define ourselves to our customers, but maybe that's what a MailChimp customer is looking for. Yep. Uh, especially because MailChimp doesn't have a defined category for member management. That's a little too niche for talk, them. So talk to me about we capital- tried different things and yeah, you double down on what works there. Yeah, talk to me about capitalization. So, so have you bootstrapped the company or raised? Entirely bootstrapped. Oh, I love that. That's great. And how many are on the team today? Uh, so there's just two of us. Okay. Um, 
and we're the founders. And then we work with two contractors uh, from time to time when when cash is good or we have a um, a project to to ramp up. We'll, Where are you guys based? We're remote. Okay, so. remote. Got it. And then like we can kind of back into it, right? So 700 folks paying 22 bucks a month. You're doing what, like 15 grand a month right now? Something like that? We're 18. Eight, um, okay, 18. The, the service fee transaction, which inflates our ah, monthly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then where were you about a year ago? Uh, a year ago, we were at about six grand a month. Six grand a month, you said? Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay, exactly. yeah. So nice growth year over year, especially bootstrapped. Yeah. Um, where, so go, moving forward, right? Where do you see most of the growth coming from? Is it creating additional products for your current base or no, getting new logos altogether? Yeah, the another big goal for 2019 is to crack the paid acquisition nut. Um, a lot of our uh, growth has been through the channels we talked about. Um, and then we've also got some decent organic growth. Uh, but we need to figure out paid acquisition, I think, if we really want to scale it. So that's what we're going to focus on in, in 2019. What's your best guess, right? And by the way, it's all, you'll never be perfect. It's always the best guess. But what's your best guess on fully weighted CAC right now? Uh, I think it's probably a grand. Um, and that sits at where our CLV, I mean, we're still early. We still have a pretty small cohort to measure from, but uh, we peg our customer lifetime value at about $1,000. Okay, so you're you're spending about a thousand, and lifetime value is about a thousand. Yeah. Okay. So we our number is broken down as far as we can see them. We get about thirty dollars per click, and then it's about three hundred dollars from there per lead. And so if we go down the funnel, there's some months where it, it fits into a thousand dollars to acquire the customer, and it just kind of floats around depending on how much we can test. But as our numbers get bigger, we'll be able to do larger tests and really. Yep. Find those numbers. So a thousand dollar CAC though on someone coming in paying you call it twenty six, twenty seven bucks a month, you're looking at what like a thirty eight month kind of payback there. So I mean, are you trying to drive that down or are you trying to drive more ARPU? Uh I th- well, the average customer value per month, that's just for our subscription fee. So we do make a bit more on that when we take in the service fee component. Yeah, yeah. Um, That'd be about I did I did factor that in. I took seven hundred customers divided by eighteen thousand, that's twenty six bucks a month. Yep. Yeah. You're right. But, uh, but I just want to make sure, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get in your head and understand, are you trying to g- gain more wallet share from those customers or drive down CAC? Because a 38-month payback obviously isn't sustainable. Yeah, for that, I think that's at the heart of why paid acquisition doesn't work for us right now. And so um, the focus will probably be increasing wallet. We have already done one big price change where we increased our, our pricing by about 75%. Uh, and I think we're due for, for another. So the way that we crack the paid acquisition channel, I think will come through a, a price increase. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, once you get them, are they sticking with your churn today? Yeah, they're sticking. Our logo churns about 3% and revenue churn matches that. That 3% monthly or annually? Monthly. Okay. Monthly revenue churn. Yeah. That's not, that's not bad at all. Um, that's great. So, so what about, so two people remote, you and your co-founder, 3% revenue churn, thousand bucks to get a new customer, 30 month payback. Um, are you, are you changing your customer kind of concentration at all? Or, or do you think you'll continue going after kind of the nonprofits membership space? Uh, we'll continue going after this space. We do see ourselves being pulled into uh, more brick and mortar customers, which isn't something that I originally envisioned. I thought we'd be in the 
a nonprofit space, especially like professional associations, where we're seeing more like gyms and yoga studios, meditation studios, things that have a, a physical presence, uh, sign up and, and start using us. So uh, we're going to build a couple features that help them run their business as well. And that, that'll hopefully expand our uh, addressable customers. That's great. All right, Mitch, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, number uh, what's your favorite business book? Uh, my favorite business book, not specifically business, is The Alchemist uh, by Paulo Coelho. Uh, it gave me the confidence to go chase my dream and, and start the business. So that's what I recommend. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I love other SaaS CEOs, especially ones that are pursuing sustainable business models. So Joel from Buffers, one of my faves. Yep. Number three, how many? Uh, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Stripe. I couldn't have built it without them. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, usually around seven. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, not married, no kids, but long-time partnership. Oh, that's great. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 32. 32. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Mm. I wish I knew that I could do it, uh, take big leaps of faith and, and uh, take risks. Guys, more confidence early on. Left Eventbrite back in 2016, then launched Join It in 2017. Again, a tool to help these folks, whether it's professional organizations or membership sites, manage those plans. They've got about 700 customers paying 26 bucks a month, 18 grand in monthly revenue, up from 6,000 a month just about a year ago. So good growth. They are bootstrapped. Team of, co-founding team of two with two contractors building this thing out. 3% monthly revenue churn right now, spending about a grand to get a new customer. So too long of a payback period. They're trying to figure out how to get that down and make those economics work more effectively, driving most of their growth right now through API partnerships with people like MailChimp and other co-marketing opportunities. Mitch, thanks so much, man, for taking us to the top. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Nathan.